<laughs> bad therapy episode 10 we're here for a good time not a long time not a long time <laughs> cheers episode 10 it's not teeny time tonight i mean it was teeny time earlier oh, emmy <laughs> but we ran out of olive juice per usual yeah we'd really be going through that olive juice it's the only thing that makes sense anymore. <laughs> it's my fucking teeny time. It's the only thing, teeny, teeny comfort I have. Teeny time is really the thing that keeps us going. We're trying a new thing with our mics and it's fucking giving me the jeebs. Yeah, because we are it's still so far away from my face. You know, we're a two man show here. So it's a little spooky because like if it sounds like shit, we if don't know. If one of us is screaming and the other one's whispering, just bear with us. <laughs> we're working on the audio, but it's fine. Yeah, it'd be great if we had someone here to help us if you're listening but, and you need a job for free for free <laughs> we'll pay you a portion of our income from the podcast we will pay you 80 percent of our total income uh-huh. that's a fucking deal that's a lot of money we should like honestly, two cents <laughs> literally but like one day it won't be it's long drink time by the way i don't know if i said that i think we covered it did we not long drink all right guys so it is the long-awaited mental health pod we made it finally we have the mental capacity barely (laughs) for the mental health podcast yes the last couple of weeks there was just like a lot of social entertainment going on a lot of goofy vibes going on yeah we needed like our own personal distraction yeah from like the heaviness of life of life and so tonight we're feeling rejuvenated somewhat (laughs) we're not at all but like we promised so we're gonna fucking come gonna, through yeah we're gonna push through so mental health podcast it's kind of a dark one and obviously i don't want to say that and scare anyone off but there is a huge stigma around mental health mm-hmm. mental health is shunned by the majority of the population as either not real you know something that's over dramatic something that's done for attention or made up you know, it's been like that for years and years and years. They used to give people lobotomies just for having anxiety. Can we just talk about the fact that <laughs> lobotomies were a fucking thing? You know, Madison tells me at least twice a week that I need a lobotomy. It's funny. We make fun of it now. Like my sister has a sign in her bathroom that says live, laugh, lobotomy. <laughs> and it's funny, right? But like actually women. That's actually so horrible. Women were forced to get a, a hole drilled into their brain. Mostly women. Really? It was because when women were acting crazy, they either thought they were witches or they needed lobotomies. Yeah. They would they would pin them down. Well, I know that like people with just something as small as the feeling of anxiety mm-hmm. or having clinical anxiety or whatever diagnosed anxiety, they would get put in psych wards they, with the crazy no, like maybe that's not politically correct, but like crazy, with the crazy people. They used to diagnose migraines as uh you were possessed. You had a demon in your skull if you had a migraine. And they would drill a hole into your skull to let the demon out of your brain a little aka lobotomy literally a lobotomy i'm like i didn't ask for a lobotomy i have a headache yeah, like, like chill <laughs> the fuck help out me. so yeah the stigma is real and we were talking about this earlier i've dealt with my own mental health issues my whole life and who's to say if it's you know trauma-based or genetic-based in my case because i know like my, probably both right i think it is a little like, bit why of can't it be both i got the plethora for sure in life. But I was dating a guy once and he 
told me straight up to my face knowing that I dealt with like suicidal ideologies and like years and years and years of struggling with being able to even get out of bed sometimes or take a shower or just like do anything normal or feel normal yeah. without this just impending feeling of doom for no reason or for reasons or whatever the case was. He literally told me that it was something trendy nowadays that people just capitalized on for attention and that it wasn't real basically and that people that couldn't deal with their problems were just weak and all this stuff and I just remember being it's so hard to even argue with someone that like sounds like he needs a lobotomy like (laughs) for real that's who needs a lobotomy he literally needs a lobotomy (laughs) but yeah I just remember feeling so unseen because it was so real to me but for someone that does that thinks that way or doesn't understand the impact of having bad mental health there's no getting through to them and unfortunately I do believe that in life when you think that way something's going to come along and really change your perspective and it's probably not gonna be pretty for you well absolutely people like that are suppressant and they don't have you know mental health issues because let's be for real everybody mm-hmm. has mental health issues even people like I don't have depression at all mm-hmm. I will never understand depression I've seen my very closest family members and best friends <laughs> <laughs> struggle with severe depression and anxiety I never understood it but I didn't mm-hmm. need to understand it yeah that's like the number one you weren't like oh it's not real why that you yeah. don't ask someone why are you yeah. depressed like what happened you would think like why the fuck would we be doing this for attention what, what, a, what, what attention. attention? Like, I yeah. want to feel normal. You think I'm doing this for funsies? Like, you, like think you, if I could just snap out of it, like, wouldn't I? Well, and that's so funny because someone who's very close to me who struggled, you know, since they were very young, uh, a person in our life who was a very influential person, a male, used to always say, snap out of it. Just snap the fuck out of it. And then she would just recluse further and further and further because she didn't understand why nobody understood her. Yeah, and how frustrating and and isolating that must feel to feel so bad all the time and to not be seen. To be misunderstood because it's like, for me, someone who who has deep-rooted trauma but that never developed into depression. I get up out of bed. I go to the gym. Like stuff, stuff like that is easy for me. Mm-hmm. It was hard. Compartmentalizing. Yeah. It was, it was, I don't have the capability to compartmentalize. Like if something, and this could, you know, there's, I think there's factors obviously to mental health. I think some things for me that have been triggers when you're going through a depressive episode, mm-hmm. specifically for me, because I deal with anxiety too, but depression always is like the leading it's lingering it's yeah. lingering and when i have anxiety my depression is amplified you know because yeah. it they go hand in hand i think long-term anxiety undiagnosed or untreated can lead to long-term de- or severe depression right so for me when something in my life would happen like a breakup or a fight with a family member or just something small it would just cause me to spiral like i didn't have and that goes into like coping mechanisms and the ability to control emotions that's why they say like highly sensitive people usually struggle more right with depression especially like empathetic people who are yeah. feeling everything and you are one of those people that could really just compartmentalize like if something was going on within you or you were upset about something it didn't bleed into the other areas of your life you I were could able keep it separate you were able yeah. to dissociate it from your reality. As long as I had some booze, I was fine. Well, no, I feel like <laughs> just in general, you were just yeah, no, absolutely built differently than me. Yeah, and uh, that's that's a good point though. It's it's a built different thing. Yeah, it's you know it's not just nature; it's also nurture because there's obviously traumas that happen as a child, but there has to be something that goes into the way you're born. Yeah, in families, you'll have a brother and a sister. 
a brother who is extremely strong and compartmentalized and they've all had the same trauma mm -hmm. and a sister who's extremely depressed and can't get out of bed and, and they might just be more sensitive right and everyone's like what the fuck is yeah. wrong with you yeah. we've been through the same stuff like just figure it out for me i've always had a hard time compartmentalizing if something's wrong everything's wrong and then that slowly leads to a spiral which is obviously something that as someone that struggles with like extreme sensitivities i've had to learn to get through that because like you can't live your life letting things just drag you to the bottom. You have to learn. Or like the world will overtake you. Yeah. It's you have to learn to push through sometimes. But I do think that in dealing with coping with that, it has helped like my depression episodes as well. You know, learning to not just let things overtake me right. as much as I want Taking them to. Taking it one step at a time. Yeah. And, and, well, and that's a really good point to back to the stigma is for people like me, I could understand how maybe they wouldn't understand how depression is real. Mm -hmm. The only reason I know it's real is because I've been surrounded by it. Well, I remember too when someone close to both of us was dealing with it, you know, and I dealt with it too, but yeah. I was kind of on the middle spectrum, like half on your side, half on this person's side. Yeah. You did get frustrated often oh, yeah. because you couldn't understand it. Like, and what I, the fuck is the problem? And I remember being kind of that middle voice trying to explain it to you and you were like, yeah, I guess, you know, it just took like, sometimes it takes an outsider's perspective, I guess, to help. Absolutely. Bring because it it had to click with me because I'm like, why can't you just do it? Like, right. just get up and you just do it. Do so, it. Yeah. yeah. Like, get up and do what needs to get done. I didn't understand that it's like paralyzing. Yeah. No, you literally can't. Yeah. Until and I. The more you feel like you can't. Oh, God. The more you can't. The more you can't. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I didn't experience that until I went through some a situational depression, mm -hmm. which is not. You know, you're not born with it, but something bad happens. Something so bad happens that you kind of like. Well, I remember talking to you on the phone and you asked me, this was years, a couple years ago. You're like, you deal with depression, right? <laughs> like, hey, you have a, uh, you're like, kind of fucked what? up in the head, what right? Think that I deal with depression <laughs> just lives with me for four years. Knew she me doesn't come out of her room for three weeks at a time. Yeah, I'm like, you are knew you me good? pretty well at this point, but you came to me and you were like, I think I'm dealing with depression. Yeah. I've never felt this way before. I can't. I just don't understand it. I don't know how to, I don't know why I can't like get a grip on it. And, but I just feel bad. I feel just depressed. Like there's no real way to explain depression or how it feels until just, you feel it. It's just like yep. a dark hole that you fall into that. You just feel like you're falling and falling and falling and there's nothing to grab onto, you no, know, it's just falling through a black hole. Mm -hmm. And for me, my outlet was alcohol, mm -hmm. which and that kind of goes hand in hand with, obviously you see so many people struggle with addiction mm -hmm alcohol, drugs, you know, vices, mm -hmm. because when I was falling through that hole, the only thing I could grab onto was something that would take me out of that headspace, which yeah. for me was booze. Mm -hmm. And for some people that gets so out of control, mm -hmm. their whole life becomes about alcohol because it numbs the pain. It numbs the mental, I mean, this constant mental uh, state of depression. Mm -hmm. And for me, when I was finally feeling those feelings of like- Well, this was around the time where you stopped drinking as much too. I had tried to stop drinking as much, started feeling my feelings more, mm -hmm. drank three times as much. Yeah. And so it took me, you know, meeting some really special people and getting involved with a really special program to be able to actually feel my feelings mm -hmm. because I had been such a suppressor. And that was always the, the difference between you and I was I went to therapy, you know, I started, I dealt with mental health from a young age and I think I tried therapy a few times against my will. Like my parents were, you're going to go to therapy. You need, you need therapy. And yeah. I think you can't force someone to do that. They have to be ready. 
because they're not going to be receptive to the the healing and the this and the that or whatever. So finally, I decided I wanted to go and that therapy session prior to that one therapy session that I had, I was really good at suppressing things. Granted, I was acting super out of character, was super, my fuse was short and I would get violent. Like, yeah, like I was angry, but I had no real understanding for what was causing that. Yeah. And I remember being to my mom, I was in high school. I was like, something's wrong with me. I can't control myself. I am angry. Because all your feelings were had, they had to come out somewhere. Because I was, I was, I had suppressed things for so long and they were coming out and I didn't understand what, what was happening because these feelings that I was, these things that I was upset about, I wasn't upset about. I didn't feel sad about, I didn't even know they existed. Right. But they're going to manifest one way or another. And they did. And so when I finally went to therapy, the after going and I only went I think four or five sessions with this lady but that unlocked something in me to where it was almost like I swung from one side of the pendulum like straight to the other and now things immediately would rise to the surface of me I couldn't suppress anything because I was so aware of what I was feeling right I was so aware of the pain and the way it made me feel and I was so to the point where that was almost another whole animal that I had to like a whole different personality came out because then that's I think when my depression started to become really prevalent in my life you were so sensitive I was feeling everything because I couldn't suppress it which is obviously not suppressing it's not good but the ability to compartmentalize functional at least you're more functional (laughs) at least until you're not you know right until something blows up it's almost like a ticking time bomb versus I was already exploding exploding on the other side yeah but um so it uh, that's where I was the we were the polar opposites and we lived together when I was at the peak of my um you were at the peak of your suppression and I was at the peak of my e- expression Explosive. yeah, yeah. Ex- seriously literally and I just remember you would like one time you told me because like I think it was hard for you to understand that I couldn't suppress anything couldn't compartmentalize and you were like when really bad things happen to me Allie I imagine and this was your advice to me <laughs> me giving fucking and it was therapy and, and I remember I tried to do this a few times like I wanted this okay don't 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 I wanted this to work because it like in theory it sounds great I was like I wish I could do that you told me that you imagined a box in the back of your head and you imagined yourself pushing all of the bad things or everything whatever was on your mind whatever hurt and into that door then closing it and locking it and throwing away the key I can still see the door it's it's there clear as day but it's open and it's well and that suppression tactic is it's only works for so long because I was the strong one I was the tough one and I feel like there's a lot of people who either understand one what what I'm saying or understand what you're saying. Yeah. Right? So I was always strong. Nothing hurt me. Really bad things would happen and I would just keep fucking kicking. Mm-hmm. And it took me going to a very intense and I don't even know if I would call it therapy. I would call it like life coaching mm-hmm. to understand that suppressing things maybe it doesn't hurt, but it's like we talked about it's gonna manifest in anger in addiction, mm-hmm. in overconsumption, it, it comes out one way or another because you can't pretend that things that happened didn't happen. Right. And so I went to this long-term coaching class. I did a lot of work, journaling and writing and meditating and manifesting and f- hypnosis almost to a point where I was like feeling, had to feel everything. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't into the woo-woo before all this. You really weren't because when we lived together, I was really into like the guided meditation, the connecting with yourself, the reading tarot cards. I wasn't. And I thought that therapy was, 
you know, I, I didn't think people shouldn't go to therapy, but I was like, eh, I'm yeah. not going to go to therapy. Like, what is it going to do? I don't need that. Right. And everybody needs therapy, by the way. If you're looking at this, like, should I go to therapy? Go to therapy. Yeah. Even if you don't think you need it, it's like, you know, bad never... things happen to everyone. Yeah. Everyone has to learn different ways of coping. You're not perfect. It's okay. Mm-hmm. You're not weak for going Does to therapy. Does it make you not perfect to yeah. go to therapy? So, this program um, and this wonderful, wonderful teacher that I had the opportunity to work with changed my life, mm-hmm. changed the way that I look at alcohol specifically, changed the way that I deal with bad things when they happen, changed the way I react. And I never would have done any of that because I thought I was fine. Mm-hmm. I thought my behavior. I mean, you did a pretty good job dealing with what you were going I through. I managed, right? Yeah. Like I never let shit get out of control, mm-hmm. but that didn't mean I didn't have extremely high functioning anxiety, mm-hmm. which I did. And I still do mm-hmm. because I was so focused on that stigma. I'm not going to be weak. I'm not going to be the person who feels these things. I'm strong mm-hmm. and I have to take care of everyone else. But I couldn't take care of everyone else until I took care of myself. Right. And how do you think you got out of your, like, because I feel like you've changed so much when it comes to your depression. Yeah. So, like, we've talked a few times on this podcast about where I was this time last year. Um, I would say last year was, it's funny because you would think that the depths of my depression or episodes were when I, I was in a mental hospital for trying wanting to kill myself yeah like they literally admitted me they wouldn't let me leave because you wouldn't ever look at you or talk to you and ever think that it got that bad yeah you just don't give off I I just didn't have the coping mechanisms and when things like something would trigger this wound inside me that wasn't there every day but I think it lingered yeah and I just it just set would set me off and I would just and it's happened a few times after that but um I was obviously like you've been into the mental hospital on multiple occasions, right? I've only been actually admitted one time, but I've definitely dealt with like multiple occasions of like severe self-harm situations where I probably should have been hospitalized, but I was afraid to tell anyone because I didn't want to be hospitalized. Didn't want to get in trouble. Yeah. And this is going to be a really dark thing to say, but like if someone's going to tell you what they've done, they want help. Like those were times where I didn't want the help. Like I was hoping that, like the worst would happen. Yeah. Like that was where my brain was, which is super dark to say, but it's like, if someone's going to, people say, Oh, you're just seeking attention. It's like, yeah, they're screaming for help. For help. Help me. The one time that they're not seeking attention is the time that they're dead. Right. Exactly. Or, you know, yeah, it's like they were in that situation. Probably a few times where no one knew anything about anything that I was doing or that I did one night in hopes to literally not wake up the next day, which is, I think it's so good for, you to come on here and say that and for people to hear that because you come off like such a strong, beautiful, confident, successful persona. People are probably like, what's so bad in her life? Like, why would she feel yeah. like she doesn't look like she would it's feel not like about, that. It's literally just not about it has that. Nothing to do with I that. I could have everything. And well, and there's people that do have everything. Yeah. And still have the and, same and, problems. And that's why when like celebrities kind of go off the wall and then they, they yeah. die or they overdose and then everyone's confused. It's like, sometimes it's not about that. It's not about money or status. It's mm-hmm. about, what, how you feel inside and the internal work that you've done and still have to do. Right. So to answer your question, like it's kind of a long winded answer, but like you were saying addiction, like I definitely have dealt with that in a different way. I've never been much of like alcohol. I've, I've gone with other vices, things that, you know, like numb you even more. I've been more extreme than you, honestly. Yeah. Like you drink a lot, but I was like, I, even I remember in, in when I was really young, I would break into the medicine cabinet at, at home, like 
early in like sophomore just freshman year of any, high school anything to change drink your state a whole of mind. bottle of like nyquil or yeah a whole bottle of advil obviously like young not knowing like that's not gonna do anything but <laughs> well, i mean but it's gonna fuck up your kidneys to for make sure. the point is like it's been something that i've there's obviously been something that i was trying to suppress for a really long time and as i got older and the you know finding something to numb the pain became easier i started working at a bar and that's when i think i did i got went through a phase that i was like i just don't want to be sober i don't want to be have to deal with any of this and i knew that i had to and the thought of like putting that part of my life to rest meant that i had to deal with like what i was feeling deep down and kind of like figured my life out and i it was easier to run and hide from it and, and everyone does for a while, you know, and I honestly don't have a good answer for what the final moment was of when I fixed it. It's this sounds silly, but like I went through something like my dog died and I think it going through that I was, I had made the, ch- the jump already to leave bartending and to just like, I just wanted more for myself. And I think that was also a leading cause of why I felt so down on my life was just cause I was like, God, I feel the like situation I do so much more and yeah. I'm not. Well, and bartenders, like the statistic for alcoholic and mentally ill bartenders is like all of them. Mm -hmm. So. Well, yeah, it's so easy. It's like having a bad day. Okay, well, now you get to get drunk again. And cash in hand. Boom. You're done. Yeah. So for me, it was, I just quit. I quit my job. I didn't have a job. My dog was dying. And it was kind of just like, it was almost just like a really, I don't know what the right word is. Like, it was just a, a. an event that I went through that literally just changed me internally. I think it's like you go through something that you don't think you're that you could handle. Like I thought that, and it sounds silly to anyone that's never lost like a pet or that doesn't feel like have like that soul connection with a, with an animal or whatever. It sounds very silly, but it doesn't sound silly though. But I just really was like, because he had been there through so many dark, so much of your trauma, so much of my trauma that the thought of not having him literally, I was like, I'm not going to, how am I going to, like live past that and then you do yeah and then it almost like lights another fire inside of you like okay well if I could get through this and be okay like I can get through anything absolutely it's that moment that changes your perspective your outlook it changed my perspective like it literally something like shifted inside of me when that happened there's a word for it I wish I remembered it well part of me and this is me being like the woo woo whatever I feel like he did that like when he left this earth like he or the universe knew that like god damn we can't just leave this girl we can't leave her here to struggle yeah give her something to live for you know once he was gone absolutely and i mean and there's people who don't make it through depression a lot of people like they never get a chance to have that moment there were there were some times where i really never saw the light at the end of the tunnel you never saw a future for yourself i never did and i never wanted it that was the darkest part about it all i was like i didn't want it i wanted it to end like i just i just I didn't want to deal with it anymore. And it just, the thought of dealing with it was so overbearing, overbearing. There was so much work to be done. And and it's so hard when you have so far to go and you don't even know where to start, you know, but I think, I think that that whole situation, the way that it went down, like I kind of had no choice to, but to deal with it. You either do or you don't. Yeah. And it kind of like pushed things into place for me just because I had no choice. If that makes any sense. It totally does. And and when you know more that better than anyone, I have, very closely and personally dealt with suicide with someone, you know, very, very close to me. And at the time I was so angry, right? Cause I'm like, why didn't you make a choice to, to stay for us, for your family, for the people that love you? Why didn't you make that choice? But you put it better than anyone. Something happens 
And it's either you can or you can't. Yeah. You see the point in the future or you don't. And something I didn't understand about depression for a long time after this, you know, horrible trauma happened in my life was I thought it was selfish and I thought it was very um, unnecessary and avoidable. Mm -hmm. But hearing people talk about life, like they really don't see a point. Why would you want to struggle? Because let's be fucking real. Life is hard. Right. And it's such a like, unfortunate way to feel because there is so much to live for yeah and if I had taken my life when all of the times that I wanted to I would have missed out on so much and I've you know and it hasn't even been that long since I've outgrown that mindset right but I would have missed out on so much and there's still so much ahead of that I'm striving for you never know what's gonna happen you just never know but when you're in such a negative space you don't care all you think that's gonna happen is is bad shit's just gonna keep getting worse and that's I think for me too and I think a lot of people when you're when you're exuding and this is probably not the most helpful advice because sometimes you can't help it but when you put out that negative energy like it finds you back Oh, it's a vibration. You, yeah, you attract bad people, bad relationships, bad friends, bad experiences. Like accidents happen in your life. Because bad you, things have such a, you have such a low vibration, yeah. low frequency at that point. You're so down. But it's impossible and it, to just flip a switch. And it's it, not that easy. It really manifested into like my love life, which was as someone that deals with like severe abandonment issues, which has always been a huge trigger for me with dark thoughts and dark desires when you feel like you have nothing to live for and then you meet someone and they give you a reason to live like they give you that that thing that you want to live for and then me dealing with abandonment issues when that person wants to leave it like triggers that wound and then you're reminded of all of this shit the life that you lived beforehand it's just such a you don't want to go back but you don't want to stay where you are it's It's such a dicey thing to try to find love when you're in such a dark place because it the chances are you're going to meet someone that's just going to make things harder for you yeah and you're not going to have the strength to pull yourself out of it or to walk away or to go backwards because that's what it felt like and for me like I don't know if I fully answered your question when you said how did you get out of it like I went through this last year with someone that didn't ever deserve to be with me like this person was literally bottom of the barrel Mm -hmm. in so many ways like not a good person not kind not good to me I mean kind but like was fake used me manipulated me like like knew that I was vulnerable and like capitalized on that they had their own whole set of mental health and that's why I liked them because I didn't have to think about my issues like I could focus on someone else fixing somebody else so when they finally left oh god it was the worst you were like rocked not because I was gonna miss this person but because not only was my abandonment wound again triggered because now this person someone so beneath me didn't want me okay so then what does that say about me if this person doesn't want me like you know, and then on top of that, I just knew that before I met this person where I was and how it was now that I'm feeling this trigger on top of everything that I was already feeling. It was just scary. Like I was so afraid to have to face that. And you that, had to dig yourself out of a hole. And there were weeks where I literally did not shower, get out of bed, do anything. Yep. Like it, it's I had to call out of work and it's hard to explain to like an employer, you know, some people will say you have to learn to compartmentalize. Like it doesn't matter. Life's not going to slow down for you. Like it did. I didn't want life to slow down for me. I wanted life to end for me. Well, and that's why people end up on the street. Cause you had support at least. Yeah. Some people get in that and they don't have any backup. They don't have a place to stay yeah. and they're fucking homeless. Yeah. And then they become addicts. So, uh, you know, I went through that for a while and then finally, like I just, I got word that my dog was sick and I kind of had to pull my shit together to help to be there for him to be there for him. And you did. And I did. 
and that's I think the ble- like the blessing in that whole situation and I think things happen for a reason like if that hadn't happened who knows what trajectory I'd be on everything or if happens I for a reason if right? I would have changed anything about my life or if I would have gotten my shit together or, or what would have happened but yeah energy is everything but it's you know everything starts within yourself and when you're dealing with bad mental health it's like you know someone could tell you a hundred times till they're blue in the face like what you need to do you can't just but do you it. can't yeah. you know what you need to do and that's part of the paralysis of it is like you just physically can't do and it. And then it just stacks on top and of each other. And then on top of it stacking, yeah. you feel even worse because you're not doing the things you so need to do. So you're a loser and you're, you're a fucking nobody. And you're nobody. lazy and yeah. you're never going to be good enough. And you're, why can't you just do what everyone else does? And um, yeah, it's a really, really dark, scary spiral that I don't think a lot of people understand how hard it is to pull yourself out of that. And like anyone that's listening that has, like props to you and anyone that's going through something right now, like there is a light at the end of the tunnel. There's and, always something to push for. And even, even if, if you don't know what it right is now. Yeah. And I know, cause like when I was going through it, that didn't make me feel better. You're like, cause I'm, I don't give a fuck. There's like, nothing. I can I fucking care less. I have eight yeah. weeks of laundry to do. I have no groceries in the fridge. I'm fucking broke. I have no career planned out for myself. Like, you know, it just stacks and it stacks and it stacks and it stacks. Like I haven't washed my hair in 10 days, you know? It's like everything just becomes so overwhelming that you just want to like lay there and not do anything about it because that is the easiest route. But let me just say, when you're going through a depressive episode, there will be another moment where the sun rises. You wake up feeling different one day. And my advice to you is to just grab capitalize, that bitch by the horns. Grab yeah. that bitch when you have that moment of like, okay, because you know it's going to come. Grab it. Write a list. Make a list of. Do what, what do, you can. Yeah. What do I need? Like what would make me, and that's where therapy comes into play because I think sometimes you don't know what you need. And I know for me, when I went to therapy, something that was huge for me was my, my life, like what I was doing with my life, my career, like we'll say. Um, and I knew that when I wasn't, when I didn't feel like I was reaching my fullest potential and I'm sure everyone feels this way, you get really down on yourself because you're like, I'm good for nothing. Yeah. Like what, like if I can't, you know, when you're a kid, you have all these high hopes for yourself. And then as you get older, you're like, okay, well it's no longer like I have high hopes for you're myself. You're not the president anymore. So well, yeah, it's like, it's too late. Is yeah. it too late? You, f- you start to feel like, well, you wasted your whole fucking life. Yeah, you're like, like 22. No, yeah. yeah. No, but it feels that way because yeah. you're like, well, I, I should be doing all these things that I thought I would do. And then as you get older, you it, can't. it gets harder because yeah. you're not there yet and you're not there yet and then you're like fuck well and that's a really really good point to like vibrations like you said in energies because a person who wasn't in a state like that they're not going to be attracted to I shouldn't say attracted but they're not going to be attract you're not even going to attract a person who's in a place where they're mentally physically emotionally stable yeah because how could they even come into your life and and do anything they would be fucking terrified yeah Yeah. You would hate them. They'd be like, get your shit together. And you'd be yeah. like, it's not that easy. And then you wouldn't, and they wouldn't understand because you wouldn't have that connection yet. So it's like, you kind of have to get there. That way you can attract the person who, who you deserve. Yeah. And, and one more thing that I'll add to is like, cause like I said, this was going to be a long winded answer of how I got out of it was my new job. I'm surrounded by people who want more for themselves in life. And I'm no longer surrounded by, and there's just no, nothing against anyone that of my friends that bartends, but some people can handle that lifestyle and some people can't. I was someone that couldn't. But being around people that do it, you start to make excuses for yourself and why that lifestyle is okay and why it's like, oh, it's normal. And it's, everyone in that lifestyle says it's okay because they're all normal. in it. Yeah. My advice is like surround yourself with people that are living the life that you want to live. Surround yourself with people that you want to be like because just being in the same room as someone that is doing 
is living the life you want, is making the amount of money you want, drives the car that you want, lives has in the, the house that you want, yeah. has the relationship that you want, that will bleed into you without you even realizing it. And so I think, obviously I got this job not knowing what it was going to do for me, but I'm surrounded by people that are successful and driven and kind and you know, and it has just changed my mindset without me even trying. It's like literally just who you are, who you hang out with. Well, and you were really willing to accept change because I think that's another really good point is change is really hard when you're in a place like that because you're comfortable and you're a little dark hole. And to, to make a change that's so significant seems so overwhelming, but you have to make change. You literally, if you want if, something to change, you have to change. If you're something. not changing, if you're not moving, if you're not growing if you're comfortable it's it's a lot easier to settle into something like that for sure if you're pushing yourself always pushing yourself a little bit harder and it's hard to push yourself when you feel like you've got nothing left to give right you know and it's like and there was a time where it's not like I didn't want the change I didn't know how to find it I literally didn't know how to do it yeah I didn't know what job to go for I didn't know like and it's it's hard like you reach a point where you don't know what the next move is or how to escape what you you're barely going know how through. you're going to take your next breath. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't want you to get too hung up on that. If anyone's listening and like feeling like, Oh my God, well, I don't know what the change is how to, to make. Change. Cause that's a lot of how your mindset is. Yeah. Like you're like, just do it. I'm like just change. Do more. That's how you do. Yeah. That's how you are. I'm not like that. The thought of doing that overwhelms me more because I don't know. I, I would be in a place where I didn't know what to do. Like if I knew what to fucking do, I would fucking do it. You know? Yeah. You like, at least that's how you would think, but it's like, what am I going to do? I'm just a bartender. Yeah. I don't have a degree. I don't have this. I don't have a job opportunity lined up. I don't have, how can I go find like, it? Like, what am I yeah. supposed to do? And honestly, my advice is like, just make the smallest shift. For me, it was quitting my job close the door. If it's a job, if it's a relationship, if it's something that's not, not serving, not serving you, get rid of it. And who cares if you're scared? I care, but like, who cares? Because you're going <laughs> to get any worse. Yeah. Can't get any worse. And I guarantee the universe is waiting for you to make a change so that it can offer you something new. If you keep these doors open of all this toxic shit, you're, you don't have room for anything else. Nothing. You have to get rid of all the toxic shit before and and it will happen i guarantee you you close a door to something toxic whether it's a job or relationship or both a new door is going to open a new door will open and it might not be right away so don't do it and be like oh nothing's changed for me and then go back everything fucking sucks because you have yeah. to close the door completely because there is a time i tried to quit bartending and then i kept the door kind of slightly cracked it was though. like cracked yeah. and the universe knew it was like you, you lying ass you yep. haven't closed the door you're not ready so you can go back until you're ready so yep. yeah you could go back until you're ready or it tested me and was like okay well we're not going to give you a job right away what are you going to do are you going to go back and I went back of course because the door was cracked right but then and obviously yes I'm in a place where like I had the ability to quit and not have a job for three months yeah it was horrible it's not like I go to my parents and say hey can I have money can I have money can I have money but at least I had a place to stay dirt broke living off the tail end of my savings I hardly ever ask them for money. Like even when I have nothing. Yeah. Know? I mean, uh, you're like at the age where you're not just going to, I don't like, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, not like, like that. it's not like they were paying my way, but I had a place to live. I knew that if I, I didn't have a job, I would at least have a roof. Over yeah. My you head. weren't going to be homeless. Whereas if I didn't have that ability, I probably would have gone you, back to bartending. Yeah, of course. Cause you wouldn't have had any other I choice. Had to. And I think that's a big thing in this country specifically is there's not a lot of options. Everything, the cost of living, everything is so expensive. So bad. If you don't have support and you are in a mental health situation like that, 
you are in a bad spot. You're going to end up in section eight housing or on the streets. Mm -hmm. And it's not so easy for a lot of people to just be like, I'm going to change. And, and I guess this can tie into, we wanted to touch on social media and mental health. And I think the way that social media now has made all of these 20 year olds, millionaires, multimillionaires for doing nothing. For literally doing TikTok dances and and podcasts. Constantly consuming (laughs) constantly consuming all of this content of people living these lavish life lavish lifestyles at such a young age it, it makes you feel like you're so behind such a loser they look better they sound better everything about their life money is better like you're such you're, you're just you're not you feel like you're not where you should be when in reality you're probably with the masses but because yeah. that's not what's being advertised it's all in your face all the time and i think another big issue with social media is the consumerism that it pushes mm-hmm. it's like you always need more you always need to look better have better clothes have better makeup have better hair or you're behind and so many people struggle with always trying to kind of be in the new loop in the new whatever's the trend is in the moment and they stop focusing on their it's hard to be present in yeah, your own on life their, or con- on what you have and to be grateful it's hard to be content when there's always a new best thing like you want and of course it's it's on our it's on our nature as humans to want what they have if it, if it's better than what you have or it's more than what you have but what you need to understand is you're not going to get that you can totally get that Everything that you see in the media and everything, you can have that yeah, too. Yeah, but it's not all it's cracked up to be. But you're not going to just wake up one day and blow up on like, I'd be like the next Alex Earl. You know, that's you a know, one in a million chance and the media makes it seem like that's so easy. Simple. Or attainable. It's not. You have to work hard for those things if you want them. And I feel like even if you were famous, rich and famous, it's not like you're just happy because you're rich and famous. Like there's still... Anything. I feel like it causes worse problems because now is, you're constantly scrutinized. as important anymore when you are that level of rich and that level of there's famous, nothing more there's no appreciation for like the small things there's nothing more to want and let's be real my number one source of happiness is appreciating the small things mm-hmm. like i love to look around sometimes and just like see things for the first time it, appreciate the little things in my hometown appreciate my best friend appreciate the podcast and that like mindset I feel like the wealthiest person in the world sometimes. Gratitude. It's an yeah. energy. It's a vibration. It's if you're grateful, the universe, the energy around you will have that same energy. And that's how you can attract a partner who reciprocates, mm-hmm. a job that reciprocates, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of toxic jobs out there. Mm-hmm. My biggest coping mechanism for all of this was just gratitude, appreciation, acknowledgement of the life that I have. And meditation helped a lot. Reading, self-care, going to the gym. I think gratitude too. It's like if you really feel like there's nothing left in your life and you feel like you're at rock bottom, that way of thinking, even if you feel that way deep down, try to be grateful. Try to find the things you're grateful for because that shift in mindset, it's everything is and this is not to discredit mental health because obviously I know it's not that easy, but to just tell yourself you're grateful, even if you don't feel like you have a lot to be grateful for. anything, for. the smallest thing that you could pick out, like at least I have hair on my head. Yeah. There's like, people that have cancer. I'm grateful. I'm yeah. grateful. I'm There's grateful. people that don't have food to eat. This was another thing that I did when I was breaking out of this really deep depression in my life. And I don't know if anyone's heard of the lucky girl syndrome. Lucky girl fucking syndrome. But Hell lucky yeah. girl syndrome. I have it still to this day. It's been about a year now where it's my wallpaper and it says, I am so lucky. Everything I want comes to me with ease and miracles happen to me daily and I would 10 times a day every time something bad would happen every time something good would happen whatever it was I would sometimes be crying 
and be screaming, I am the luckiest girl in the world. I am so lucky. I am so blessed. Everything I want comes to me with ease and miracles happen to She's me like daily. She's like in the deepest depression I ever. am like, and I'm crying, <laughs> yeah. but you know what? After saying it a few times, it's weird. You start to feel better. Oh, for sure. And then I swear on God, things would just flood into my life like I manifest like it's like I open the door for all these miracles everything falls into place a new job offer a new relationship something good would happen it was this the craziest thing ever I remember this is a side note but I remember right when I started saying this I had an ex reach out that I had wanted for months and months and months to reach out I got a new job and you didn't care I didn't care but like I had wanted it for so long and right when I started saying this like an ex reached out I had um, a new job offer I got the job I like the list goes on but it was just funny because i remember being like is there some validity to this so whenever i'm well, down yeah out, manifestation is real as it's fuck the mindset every every single day i say not i want but i have mm-hmm. i have love i have health i have wealth i have happiness i have abundance mm-hmm. and my partner who you know is not a woo-woo person at all mm-hmm says that he's been manifesting every time he sees like an angel number, like because of us. Mm -hmm. And that shit has just been clicking in his life. He gets a raise. He hits the perfect golf club swing, (laughs) whatever. It's small shit, but he just says his overall level of happiness. And mine too. I say contracts come to me easy. I get paid to exist. I get the biggest paycheck I've ever gotten in my entire life. Mm -hmm. Like manifestation, whether you want to believe it or not, is so fucking real because you make it real. Mm -hmm. You don't just say it and then continue on doing the shitty stuff. It it, it makes you, it motivates you to be better, to do better, to want more Mm -hmm. because you're saying it to yourself over and over and Mm -hmm. over. I have everything I've ever wanted. You trick your subconscious mind into believing that these things are true and your mind is what controls your reality. So like it becomes real without you even trying. You know what my favorite one is? What? I get paid to To exist. exist. I like that. I I get get paid paid to to exist. exist. I get paid to exist. I breathe. I live I'm vibing. I'm drinking a White Claw. It's a long drink. I'm getting paid to exist. I'm getting paid to exist. And my boyfriend's always like, okay, like, come on. I'm like, no, I swear to God. No, no, no. Haven't you seen it? I'm being paid to exist. I'm literally, I just, hold on. I just got paid. What? what? (laughs) To exist. Yeah. It's the best. And it brings such a, like, the level of calmness and happiness. Because my life, I used to attract chaos. I loved chaos. I grew up in chaos. I created chaos because it was comfortable. Mm -hmm. But when I started meditating and manifesting and working on self-improvement, I realized that I always thought that the chaos was attracted to me. Mm -hmm. I was attracting attracting the chaos chaos and it it stopped. So speaking of meditating, when I used to meditate, because I'll be honest, I have a really hard time visualizing things. So I have a really hard time meditating. But this was something that I really wanted to overcome because I know and I have experienced the benefits of meditation and just mind control and what it can do for you. And I remember there was one period where I was super deep in meditation and like weird things would happen. I'd be walking and I would knock something over and I would catch it without even having to look. It was almost like I was connected to everything around me. You get locked into me. the universe. Like yeah, the like energy of the universe. I'm, something drops and I don't even, without even thinking, it was just like mindless. I didn't have to see it. I would catch it or I would, it, it was just weird things like that where I was like, I felt like I was in the Matrix my movie. Jackie or Chan or something. Yeah. No, seriously. But I swear, and, and I remember just feeling like, in sync with everything and locked in with the people that you really care about Mm -hmm. and also you start to when you start to meditate and really like dive into your brain and yourself and what you need you kind of start to weed out the people who don't you can really care about you immediately who don't really need you who are using you or who who want to bring you down you're very very aware of that energy which is funny because i used to be this way 
when we lived together, but you were super on a different vibrational wavelength as me at that time. You were like, Madison, why are you friends with everyone? There were everyone. certain people that I seriously couldn't be around because yeah. their energy was just not good. And my energy was so, I don't fucking care. I just don't want to be alone. Yeah. That I would be friends with. I thought everyone was my best. I thought everyone had my best interest at heart. Yeah. I thought everyone cared about me because I cared about everyone. Yeah. And I learned the hard way, just like everyone does, that that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Just because you have everyone's best interest at heart does not mean they have yours. I can clock someone's energy. And I've been like this for a very long time. So not only am I sensitive emotionally, I'm sensitive to spiritually. I'm just very sensitive. I can clock a bad person. And there, I'll, I'll be honest, there are people that I'm friends with to this day that I'm not that close with just because I know deep down I can sense something's off that their energy is off but I can always sense like a good person versus a bad person which is also a fault of mine because then I, I only see the then good. she's like eh, I don't I'm, I'll bring someone around she's like meh I'm like Allie yeah I know you're like get over it I'm well, like it's funny though because since I started on my spiritual journey now I'm like that mm-hmm. sometimes I'll meet someone I'm like yeah. Snake. Yeah. But you don't even know them. So it's like, you don't want to judge, but, but I'm always right. It's just the energy. It's like, if someone's energy is making you feel off, don't even, why even bother it's being for, around Yeah. You, maybe it, they're not a bad person, but maybe it's just not an energy that you need to be mixing yours with. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I've dealt with that for a very long time, but. And I think a, another good topic to cover before we close out tonight is a brief segment on men's mental health, mm. because I feel like we've talked a lot about mental health and stigmas, but I feel like men's mental health has the specifically most stigma. is so ignored and has such a stigma. Which is so crazy. The amount of men that I've had in and out of my life, I feel like every guy I'm with at some point, they, they break down about something and I have to give them the whole spiel about it's okay. It's okay that you have feelings. You're human. Yes. You are human just like me. Just because we are different genders does not mean you're not human. Because they it think... It is so normal. They think that emotions and therapy is make a, them weak. Yeah. It's a human thing. It's a human experience. We are human. You're human. It's normal. And the fact that the day that they're able to walk, they're told they cry about Boys something. Boys don't cry. That's... Yeah. You you hit like a girl. You cry like a girl. Like yep. girls... Blah, 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 blah. Like it's just these weird gender roles. But that more make- men than women commit suicide. Statistically. Because they're not given the resources or yep. feel... You know, and I've dated... Like there was someone specifically that I dated that was so fucked up. And you could tell that he would probably benefit so much from a shoulder to cry on and... To be able to express himself. Without judgment. But he would beat himself up more than anyone. He's so scared of his dad judging him that he's like, I can't have feelings. So instead, I'm going to be a dick. And then he would project that mental health wasn't real when there would be times where he would break down and say, I need help. I need this. I need that. And then the next day, I think after he had more time to process, then I was the bad guy because I forced you him pushed it out of him to and talk about you made him weak. Yep. Forced him to talk about something he didn't want to talk about. And I'm just sitting there like, I didn't say anything. You came to me. You need, you needed me. You need help. Yeah. But and that's, I, that's a big part of the problem is that they, men feel that feeling, but then they immediately relate it to being, being weak. weak and not good enough. And so God forbid they do have a moment of weakness. They're going to, they're going to resort to anger, which is their first. It's so unfair. I can't imagine feeling that way, being the sensitive person that I am feeling like 
And and as a woman, there's nothing that I literally love more than a man that's in touch with his emotions or his sensitive side. I don't see how it's a bad thing at all. Emotional intelligence is the hottest thing a person can have. Yeah. Like if you were emotionally intelligent enough to not only know yourself, but to be able to read others, Mm -hmm. to be able to be kind and respectful and easy on yourself Mm -hmm. and to address when you need help and go get it. I mean, go off, young king. Yeah, and it's, uh, I would say I'm not even that good at that sometimes. I've had, you have to work for it. But yeah. because men aren't given the grace to feel and be sensitive and be upset and just feel things, it's just so weird to me. But they're not given that. And so then it results in them hating themselves and hating being women, angry and hating women. Out, yeah. Narcissism. I mean, there's a whole, and of course we're not grouping all men because there's a lot of self-aware, right. really emotionally mature men, but just in general, the stigma, and if you're a guy that is feeling these types of things and feeling like you can't tell anyone or you can't show your emotions, just know that you can. It doesn't make you weak to get help. It doesn't make you weak to express yourself. It makes you better. It makes you stronger. It makes you more attractive. If you have anyone in your life that makes you feel like you can't have emotions or can't be your you know because some people just naturally aren't as emotional yeah and that's okay and some people are more and I feel like it's the ones that are more sensitive and more emotional like I can't imagine if I was told you can't be that way that's not manly you know like that was I feel like that would have fucked me up so bad so if you have anyone in your life that makes you feel like that even if it is family as hard as that would be it's not healthy to be around someone like that and surround yourself with people that love you for who you are and don't settle for less like don't keep people in your life because you feel like you have to because I swear to you it'd be better being alone and it won't last forever you'll eventually find find people people. but it'd be better to be alone than be around people that don't like like you or want you to be happy for who you are and it's a really good way to not continue generational trauma because your dad and his grandpa it's not his his grandpappy's pappy they were all stuck in this mindset right. of let's lobotomize my wife because she's too fucking loud <laughs> right and and we're gonna teach our sons that they can't feel anything but right. you don't want to do that to your sons no. you don't want your sons to break be the aggressive trauma. angry pent-up people so fix it mm-hmm. so you can create a new happy life and yeah. your family can feel that way your right. son feels still manly the manliest thing you can do is be someone's safe space yeah. because you are emotionally mature enough yeah. to handle it I've uh, the amount of men and it's funny because I feel when a man can't have emotions or just immediately gets angry to me it's the least safe feeling absolutely and the least manly like when as a woman we want to feel safe around a man that means being around a man that can make us feel safe and, and that if, you can trust that, yeah. that can shed their emotion on you that you can share your emotion with back mm-hmm. you can communicate you can connect and god forbid they cry god forbid they dig up all of the pent up shit that's been buried it's okay yeah it all comes down to self-improvement self-work because it all starts with you're not going to meet someone who just fixes it for you right you have have to to be you have to do the work perceptive to it and and over time that communication will start to occur and it'll start to feel more comfortable right and then as you have children they'll start to see wow that's the way that they communicate this is okay yeah but it's not just going to happen overnight especially if you're deep rooted in trauma right and maybe that's why therapy would be good so mental health podcast <laughs> we finally did trauma it. dumped on y'all 
Well, I, I do want to say, and I know this might not sound realistic, but if any anyone has is ever dealing with anything, and I've I have had people reach out to me, before. call your bitches, dude, hit us up, DM, DM, whatever, we email would, me. I swear to God, if anyone ever sent me a DM and they I needed need help. something, yeah. I would be there, and I know Done. you would be there, yeah, because I don't want anyone to ever feel alone. That's the worst feeling ever, and sometimes it's almost easier to talk to a stranger about what you're going through. They than don't really anyone. get it, yeah, yeah, they don't know you, they they're don't, not judging yeah, you, yeah. But if, so, if you ever need anything, just <laughs> Please don't hesitate to reach out to either of us. And, and I just, mean that. Just know that there's always a way out, even if it really doesn't feel like it. And it feels like you are at the end of your rope. You have just got to keep pushing because you never know what life has in store for you. You never know what's right around the corner. And get help. Reach out. Put yourself in situations where there's going to be more positive mm -hmm. vibrations because that's where you're going to find relief. Be able to figure out what around you is negative and remove it from your life like whether it's a person or a place or anything like be aware and self-aware enough to know what's serving you and what's not hey if we can do it anyone, <laughs> anyone to two can of those effed up bitches <laughs> literally traumatized uh thing one and thing two just fucking deeply rooted in trauma and we're lucky because we had each other through a lot of this and a lot and, of support and some people don't have that but you got us you got us. Bad we'll be, therapist. We'll be, your, we'll be your bad therapist. Cheers. Episode 10. Episode 10. We'll see, see you back next, next week. Thursday. Bye.